0: Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. So, we're in this series by all means, and uh, also we're starting our, our fast this weekend. Um, so, this message is hopefully going to challenge us, maybe call us out a little bit. Last week I said, sorry, not sorry. I'll say the same thing again this week. Um, Sorry, it's so harsh, but I'm not sorry. It's the real deal. It's what we need to hear. Um, You know, so suck it up and take it, okay? Um, Just saying. In Isaiah 58, um, you have this word of the Lord where God is speaking through His prophet, and, and He's coming to the people of Israel, and 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 they are doing all the stuff, you know, the emotions, the the rituals, the you know, the things that they feel like they're supposed to, but it's not really adding up, and and so God really just kind of calls them out. And uh, you know, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking um, I, you know, am not a historian or anything, but I love just different facts and different things about history. And, uh, we went, uh, to Forest Park and they had this, this, um, whole display in, in the building there. Which building is that? The, the history museum. And, uh, it was about the 1904 World's Fair, and and we were looking around, seeing all this cool stuff that that they have, and and just talking about the World's Fair. And, you know, one of the most interesting things to me was that that when they did this whole thing, it's like. 1,200 acres and all this stuff and all these like different exhibits from different places around the world, you know, like you can visit the world and not leave St. Louis. It's this crazy amount of, of different things. Um, there's a lot of things that would not be, you know, what we would do nowadays and we would say that was actually not right. Um, but the point that I am trying to get at today is that there are so many buildings. Now, you can go down in Forest Park now and, and see some structures that, like the art museum, like the World's Fair Pavilion, and a few things, um, the administration building uh, for WashU U was built uh, as the administration building for the World's Fair, like some, a couple of things like that. And, but there were so many buildings that were built, and you're like, why aren't all those there? Like, it looked like a giant city with like greek architecture and and you know all these different exhibits and things and the reason is because they built they built most of these buildings to look like what they wanted to look like and it looked beautiful they were massive they were these huge, like looking like architectural masterpieces, but behind it all, they actually built it not to last. They built it so they could take it back down. So behind this beautiful structure that looked so substantial and, and, and looked so great, the structure behind it had no integrity. What was underneath it, it didn't have anything. Behind it, that would cause it to last. There, it wasn't really a real building; it looked like one, but it but it wasn't real. It just looked like it was real, and, and so I, I relate that to this scripture because I feel like so many times that you know we're trying to build these, you know, if you will, structures with God or this this rep- this relationship. You know, the these. these Things and asking God for these things and and, and this stuff becomes this, this thing that we're like, wow, look, look at what I'm doing. And don't realize that there's really no strong foundation behind it. You know, that that it's not there. It, you can see something and it might look beautiful, but what's behind it is not really going to hold that up for very long. And that's kind of where these people were here. When God starts speaking to him. So he tells his prophet, He's like, Cry out loud. It's like, don't be silent. Don't, he's like, just scream at the people. So I'm gonna scream at you today, okay? He says, Lift up your voice like a trumpet. And we get to Isaiah 58, verse 2. And it says, Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways, as a nation that did righteousness, and did not forsake the ordinance of their, of their God. And it says, basically, they're acting like this righteous and obedient nation, like they're, they're my people, and, they, and they've got all this stuff that they're doing and, and feeling all righteous. And he goes on to say, they ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching God. So they want God to intervene and say and give them these you know righteous judgments God come and and judge with, you, with your righteousness and they come to him, they approach him saying, God, come and be with us and God come and move you know and I, I think so many times I hear like you know when we say God, just let heaven come on earth and and you do. You know, what only you can do when we say these things. Those things aren't right or aren't wrong. They're not wrong to say that. But we have to understand that there's so much more than us just sitting here and asking God to do something. And really, like, it's kind of like with my kids and you know, when we get into a discussion and maybe they've done something and they're asking of me something and, and I'm asking them questions and they start questioning me back. And I feel like too many times we're questioning God or asking him of things when he's the one that really that, that is asking us questions and we're not answering, we're just asking him questions back. Hey God, will you do this? Hey God, why haven't you done this? Hey God, you know, like, come on, God, like, give me this answer that I'm asking you for, this thing that I've been pulling on you for. And He's like, but did you live like I was asking you to live? But have you followed the things that I have spoken to you already? And we get it out of out of order. Who's asking the questions around here? It's kind of sometimes what I feel like with my kids, you know? I feel like God maybe feels like that with us sometimes, you know? We're sitting there asking all these things, and God's up there. He's like, who's supposed to be asking the questions around here? So things are not going well with God's people but they don't see it. See, they see the facade. They see the, the the things that they're doing, the structures that they've built, you know? It's like, it looks great. Looks like the World's Fair, right in the height of, of the whole thing going on. Looks beautiful, looks amazing. But behind the scenes, it's all falling apart. We see that in this verse 2, that there's five things that, that God really mentions that they are doing. These religious things, if you will. He says they're seeking God. They delight to know God's ways. They ask God for just decisions or righteous judgments. And then in verse 3, it goes on to say, and then they're fasting and humbling or afflicting themselves. They're, they're putting sackcloth and, you know, put, putting like a potato sack on or a, just like a sheet on, just stripping themselves down and rolling themselves around in ashes to make them look all lowly and, and, and humble and like, look, God, you know, look at me. I'm all covered in ash. It, it's like this thing, you know, and they're doing these things, but it's not adding up to actually having God respond. Actually having God to come and move in the ways that they're asking him to. And so he goes on to speak to them. And here in verse 3, 3 through 5 is kind of what they were, he, God's kind of speaking back to them what they're saying to him, and they say, why have we fasted, and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls, and you take no notice? In fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exploit all your labor laborers. So you say, why are we doing this thing? Why are we fasting? Why are we coming before you, Lord, and, and you're not answering? You're not showing us what we want you to show us, and 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 you're not moving where we want you to move. But then he says, in fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure. Well, probably not in food, they're fasting, but whatever other way, they're just doing whatever they want to give themselves joy and, and whatever. And not only that, you're mistreating the people around you. You're coming, you're fasting. Giving up this, you know, food as, as a, a way of coming close and saying, God, I, I will give something up so that I can come close and, and seek after you instead of just seeking after that meal that I'm going to eat, and, you know. And, and every time I get hungry, I'm going to, you know, that's what we do when we fast. It's, it's this giving up to, to come closer and allow God to give us something that only he can give. And you're doing that. But at the same time, you go out and and you mistreat the people around you, the people that work for you, you are lashing out at them and yelling at them and cussing them out and all this stuff. Verse 4 says, indeed, you fast for strife and debate. That's interesting. Indeed, what you're fasting for is strife and debate. Is that what you guys are going to fast for? And I'm sure they didn't mean it like that, or they didn't come into this moment of fast just trying to, you know, debate and cause strife. But what was behind all the stuff that they were doing was, it was just there, and it had no integrity in it. It says, and to strike with the fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. Not only that, it's like the only reason you're fasting is to make your voice heard on high. You just want to, you know, look at me. God, look at me. It's just because you're wanting something. These things from me, but not me. Is it a fast that I have chosen? No, no, it's not. God's asking, is it a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush? Or is, I looked at it. I don't know if you guys know what that is. You guys know what that is? It's it's like a reed or, you guys remember like those cattails? The guys, I looked it up and it said it does the same thing. It kind of like explodes with these like, little feathery things. But it's like one of those. So it says you're bowing down. You're getting all like, oh, bowing down like those things do when they get real heavy and making yourself all lowly and to spread sackcloth and ashes. Would you call this a fast and an acceptable day of the Lord? So he's calling them out saying, all these things that you're doing, These these things that you think are are getting you close to me, but but you're also going around and treating people bad. You're also not acting how I've asked you to act. You're not loving people how I've asked you to love them. But it's okay if we just bow down and cover ourselves, you know, make ourselves look all lowly and, and fast a little bit. wanted God to touch them, wanted God to move in their lives, but they didn't want to do anything for others. They they didn't want to actually, you know, so many times I feel like, and look, I'm talking to myself too, Is like, I feel like in these moments with God, I can get a little selfish. God, will you do this for me? God, will you help me in this area? Will you come through? God, and and you start, all of a sudden you're asking God all these things about, you know, him helping you. And you forget that there's so many people around you that need his help too. You forget that there's so many people that he's asked you to help. I mean it's like they wanted a heaven on Earth while creating a hell-like scenario for everybody around them. You know? It is like, oh yeah, but like so many times, like it's so easy to do that. You're like, "God, come on, bring heaven on Earth." And then you're like, "Get back to work!" You're worthless. You know, whatever we could say to people that is not like, you like, becomes a little real because we can do that very easily. To be asking God for these things, even coming in a fast. And so we're starting our fast. I'm speaking these things because I want to enter this week with such strength and, and such Structural integrity behind us, saying, "God, if I've done that, if I thought about doing that, if I did it before, if I was going to do it in the future, God, help me not to do that. Let me act like you act. Let me walk like you walk." In Luke six thirty-eight, it says, "Give," and it will see. We're asking, God, will you give us this in our life? God, will you work this miracle in my life? God, will you help me financially? God, will you do this? You know what's so interesting here in Luke 6.38? It says, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. You want the things that you're asking God to run over in your life? It's not going to be by bowing down like a reed or covering yourself in ashes. It's going to be coming to him, of course, spending that time with him and and asking him, God, come and move. But it's also going to be when you give to others the things that you want to receive yourself. When you're a conduit of what you actually want, it's going to start running over in your life. When when you allow him to use you to bring those things that you are asking him for into other people's life, it's going to come back to you sevenfold, more than you could possibly imagine. It's going to be running over. That's what the scripture is telling us. Running over, it will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Man, we're asking God for this stuff. God, would you just show your love to me? And he's like, will you just show my love to other people? Well, no, I don't want to do that. No, I don't think that I'm going to do that today. should have seen what that person did. And I imagine God being like, you should have seen what you did too. (laughs) Give, and it will be given to you. He's telling us there's the structure behind these things that we're doing are in these things that God has asked us to do, just living out our daily life. It's so interesting to me. I don't know if it is to you. When we say, God, do this amazing, God, heaven on earth, God, this miracle. And then if I'm just doing these things like loving people, or if, we, if you are doing these things like just loving people and treating them right, and living how God has asked you to live, those things are just going to come. No tug-of-war, pulling, doing all this stuff. I just imagine if we would just live like He's asked us to live. If we would just do what He's asking us to do, then all of a sudden these Things that we all want to happen in our lives, that we all want for Him to move and Him to... I mean, I don't know about you. We're coming into this week and and I'm just thinking about God. I just want you to reveal yourself to me in a new and refreshing way. I I want you to give me more of who you are. And as I'm studying this, I'm, I'm just thinking, yes, I need to have this moment with God. But how much am I having this moment with people? How much am I actually loving people and doing the things that are actually going to bring these things to pass in my life? In Isaiah 58, 6. So you have this. Where God's telling his prophet, shout this from the rooftops, scream it out, be like a trumpet. Tell them that you're coming to me, fasting and doing all these things, but you're not living your life right. so you're not fasting right. Your fast isn't working. Your fast isn't fruitful or productive because the things that you're doing the rest of the time, the rest of the day, the way that you're acting is not backing up what you're doing before God. And in verse six, it says, is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke? So he's saying, look, is this not the fast that I've chosen? I've chosen for there to be freedom in lives. That yokes be broken off you, things that have been been holding you down, things that have been bearing down and not allowing you to move forward. Is this not the fast that I've chosen? God's saying. That those things happen, that there's freedom in your life, that the oppressed go free, that there's no oppression anymore in your life. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? And that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out. When you see the naked, that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Saying, isn't this what I've asked of you? That you love people as much as I've loved you? Isn't this what I'm asking? That, that you come before me and in this moment you can... Come before me and say that I have been right to people. And verse eight, it says, then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Now listen, I, I'm going to keep reading through this. I really just today just wanted to read through the whole chapter and, and not even say anything, but I need to. So he's <laughs> so saying, look, is it, isn't this the fast that I've chosen? That there be freedom, freedom from oppression, to loose the bonds of wickedness, that the oppressed go free, that those yokes that have been holding people back be broken? And is it not that you feed people when they are in need? Is it not that, they, that you clothe people, that you are living a life echoing the hope of what you have received through Christ? That you are there, For somebody, that you're just there in that time of need. Somebody needs something to eat, that you give them bread. Somebody needs a place to stay, that you give them a place to stay. It's interesting because he's saying, Isn't this the fast that I've chosen? they're like, "Well, that's not really a fast." But but is it not? Because the fast isn't like activated by not eating food. It's activated by your hunger. It's activated by your hunger for him. And and this fasting food is supposed to give us this picture of I'm hungry for some food, but actually I'm going to take that and transfer that to my hunger for God and feed myself on who he is, his love and his mercy and his grace. I'm going to feed on who God is and that will fill me, not this bread. So it's about the hunger. And so I believe he's speaking in this moment. He's saying, look, your hunger can be to help somebody who's in need. That hunger can be to give them food or to give them a place to stay or give them clothes when they need. That hunger, why? Because when you've done it to the least of these, you have done it unto me. You're coming close to God when you are coming and helping those that are in need. I don't know any other way to say that or it get like you can't twist that any other way. It's not that that's all we do, or we don't spend those, that, those moments in, in prayer and reading our Bible. I'm saying, but spending those moments really in prayer and reading our Bible and going out and beating somebody up is what it's not gonna work. Right? Let's see what he says here. Now, God says, then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. Anybody been like, God, will you just answer? He's like, why don't you go feed somebody? Why don't you go give somebody some clothes? Why don't you go help that neighbor that needed help yesterday? And you're like, man, I'm too busy. I just can't go over there. Then you shall call in the Lord. Verse 9. And the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, and the speaking wickedness, if you extend your soul to the hungry, if you take that wickedness away and turn it toward God and what he's asking, then your light shall dawn. In the darkness, verse 10, and your darkness shall be as noonday. The Lord will guide you continually. Is this, look, these last couple of verses here that I'm going to read, this is what all of us are wanting. This is what all of us are asking for. God, will you just shine your light in my life? God, will you just come and move in this way? God, will you just release me from this burden? Will you just come? He's saying, Yeah, I will. But can you get your integrity in check with who I am? And not just be this facade of the church. Not just be this nice looking exterior and a mess inside. Not not just look like or say, yeah, we love everybody and then inside just grumbling and complaining and hating everybody. You just don't say it. (laughs) Verse 11, the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. I don't know about you, but what, I, what I've been praying about is that God would come and move in our world today, that it would come and change situations, that it would change lives, that it would change the the climate of, of our world, the fear. The the you know ugh, the tear between relationships and people that we have today. Look, this is I'm not gonna It's easy to complain about what's happening and not be a part of fixing it. You say, well, what can I do? How can I help? I just told you. What can we do to change the world that we're living in? It's just going to hell in a handbasket. Everybody's mad at everybody. There's so much hatred going on. There's so much evil in the world. Why don't you be good in the world? Why don't you be God to people? Why don't you show them who he is? Why don't you love them like he's asked you to love them? I will tell you, I've seen over and over in my life that loving somebody that is, I've never had anybody spit in my face, but yelling at you or getting angry, first of all, it's the funniest thing because people don't know what to do with it. And second of all, it just tears apart any kind of stuff that they got in them. Somebody's all walled up and, and angry and mad and they want to come at you and then you just come with like, I, man, I just love you. Like, <laughs> you know, and it's like. Because as I, if, if you seek after me and you act how I've called you to act, if you love people like I've called you to love them, that you're going to be restorers. You will be builders. You want to see restoration in our world? You want to see righteous things being built up? Righteous actions, righteous motives, righteous, just righteousness. Let's start with this moment that we have with God this week. Coming to Him, not just saying, oh God, I'm going to be hungry for you. But saying, God, in everything that I do this week, I want it to draw me nearer to you. When it's me maybe not eating this meal and coming and praying and spending time with you, I want that to draw me closer to you. When, it's, when I go to work and show somebody that you love them whenever, whenever I treat them with the kindness that you've treated me and show them who you are and what you've done in my life, I want that to draw me closer to you too. God, just let everything in my life draw me closer to you. See, he wants... this relationship with us. And he also wants to see this relationship reflected from us to others around us. Like I said before, being that conduit. I just would love to hear of the stories that, you know, God, I was asking God, you know, so many times, again, in my life, and I tell my own stories because I don't know your stories, but when Tori and I were in need years ago, there was need for for finances. We were young and just married and we were going out to school in California and God showing up in our lives came from our being givers. That we said, well, we're not going to be stingy saying, well, we're trying to save up everything we can so that we can live. But when we opened our hand to say, God, we're going to give, like I remember we gave a car to somebody. We gave, I mean, it wasn't expensive. It was like a cheap car, but it was a young, a young guy that needed a car. And, and we gave a car to somebody. Or we gave what money we had saying, here you go, you need a little bit of help and we want to help you. And we had somebody come to our door. Actually, it was Jack Harris a missionary, and came, and we were in need of a very specific amount. It was actually $500 for a bill. And he's like, God just told me to come and bring this to you, and so I don't know what it's for, but I want to give this to you and just to bless you. And it was the exact amount that we needed. And I can verify, I can verify that it was our heart of being open-handed and giving when we needed something that allowed that moment to happen in our lives. And I believe that's what God's asking us of us today and for this week. Will you, will you open yourself up to love people, to give, to help to be a vision of who I am to those around you as you come to seek me this week in this fast. Will you stand with me? Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.